were born before the wind Also younger than the sun Yeah, the bonnie boat was one As we sail into the mystic Oh, I can now hear the sailors cry Smell the sea and feel the sky Let your soul and spirit fly into the mystic And where that foghorn blows I will be coming home Yeah, when the foghorn blows, I want to hear it. I don't have to fear it, and I want to rock your gypsy soul. Just like way back in the days of old. Yeah, magnificently we will fold into the mystic. You know I will be coming home Yeah, when that foghorn whistle blows I gotta hear it I don't have to fear it And I wanna rock a gypsy soul Just like way back in the days of old And together we will just sort of intro because I was distracted looking something else and the song ended and I'm like oh I'm on um hey crew this is your captain speaking and you're in the pirate professor podcast and it sounds a little different today like sounds considerably different from um when you probably hear a lot of background noise and that is intentional and I'm messing with the microphone sitting in the cockpit of my boat and it's sunny it's kind of breezy today so you may be able to hear the creaking of the boat and the 
general noises of a marina. Wind, all kinds of stuff. Hang on. Trying to uh, improve the sound a little bit. We've got a wind guard on the microphone that's actually legitimately a dish rag that I just rubber band around it so to try to keep the wind out. Um, this is all intentional and all by design, don't you worry. So you're probably wondering what's going on. Um, I was going to record this once I got back to the cabin this week because I'm driving in tomorrow, but then I was like, ah, you know, I'm going to be rushed and I've got time today. And I started thinking about some other stuff earlier today and I was like, let's just go ahead and do it and let's do it uh, outside in the wind. One of the things that is constant with social media is the idea of a persona that people put out there that may or not be reality. It's it's very often it's just it's a very scripted, it's a very um well edited version of life that may or may not actually represent reality. And so I thought, you know what? There's a lot that's been said about that, and uh, since we're talking about social media and some of the planning and some of the things that we do, um, I thought, you know what, let's just sort of, let's go back to the days before social media, let's go back to uh, the days when people were writing, because when it comes to being fake, this is inherently a human thing, and... People have been fake as long as people have been trying to impress other people. And so, uh, today, uh, I'm going to talk about not insulating yourself from the world around you. Um, we, we live in this world where, if you go back, you know, a couple of weeks ago in the, um, or three weeks, however long ago, was the ice storm that hit. And then everyone's power went out and things and like people suddenly became very aware of the natural world that around was around them. And um, one of the great things and I sort of made a, I made a conscious decision about this a long time ago was I didn't want to put too many layers of insulation between me and the actual tangible world because the more layers of insulation and and I could I'm not we're talking about like house insulation but I'm also kind of talking about a house insulation uh, the more layers that you put between yourself and the actual tangible world um, the more life will tend to catch up with you in in not so pleasant ways um, you know, we talk about first world problems where people like obsess about certain things and I think people tend to forget how fragile uh, the constructed world around them really is. Like, what happens when the, you know, the power goes out for more than an hour? What happens when you lose heat? What happens when the grocery stores don't have food? Um, what happens when your car breaks down on the side of the road? You know, because in all of these places, in your car, driving down the road, you're effectively insulated from everything around you. Sort of. 
listen to your own music you know if it's hot outside you've got the air conditioner on if it's cold outside you've got the heater on you're listening to whatever you're listening to talking on the phone like that world that actually exists outside of your car sort of is irrelevant to you and that lasts until the car breaks down or you get a flat tire and you're stuck on the side of the road um And that's when things go bad. But when things go good, one of the other things I would say is I think we tend to make sort of immature decisions when we don't think about uh, the real world. There was I've got a book. Uh, I think it's called the... I don't have it with me, so I'm just going from memory. It's called The Wisdom of Native Americans. And I can't verify it when I'm paraphrasing what I remember is but one of the things that I remember from that book was a quote about indigenous people would often they didn't they wanted to sleep on the ground like they were like or they would want to sit on the ground they actually wanted to make physical contact with the ground uh, because it was a reminder of that which they were connected to that's the thing that they came from and I'm not here to, you know, kind of throw down some, like, all-natural, hippy-dippy stuff. Uh, but it's it's a good indicator of how do you stay grounded? How do you keep your eyes on what's reality when the world around you is constantly throwing stuff that's just legitimately fake your direction? And we're surrounded. I mean, you get in the world of like the concept of fake news these days. Um, reality TV, social media, whatever it is, we sort of have this idea of the way things are, the way they think we think they ought to be. And sometimes that doesn't necessarily line up with what's reality. What's the thing that's actually keeping what's what's not the facade that we're just sort of hiding behind and that's one of the reasons I like living on a boat is or I like living in my cabin is I'm constantly close to nature I'm close to the real world uh, and so if the weather gets kind of crappy like I feel it if, and so I know that it's going on. If you know, if it's extra hot, I know it's extra hot. If it's extra windy, I definitely know it's extra windy. And it's sort of a reminder of uh, kind of where your place is in this world. There was a uh, again. I'm hitting the. I don't know if I've already told you this, but I don't care. Um, you go sailing offshore go out past the horizon line where there's just nothing but you and water around you and when you're out there you know you go out that far you don't anchor out in the ocean you just keep going like you don't stop uh, but you get out there in a night where there's no moon and that's the closest thing I can imagine what it's like to be in space because it's only there's just darkness around you like you don't see the water below you except maybe just a little bit of a reflection off the lights but you see the stars and the stars in the Milky Way they look they're so much brighter 
than you can possibly. You see so many more of them uh, than you can possibly imagine. I've got this note in my office. It's from Walt Whitman. I don't know if you picked up it or not, but I like Walt Whitman. And he has some good stuff to say. So I would recommend picking up Leaves of Grass if you get a chance and just read it. It's what I would call a sipping book. You don't just sit down and read the thing all the way through. You you read a little bit. You digest it. You let it swish around a little bit in your brain. So I've got this note on my door. If you ever go by my office and I'm not there but the door's closed, you'll find this sitting there. And it's, uh, it comes from one of the beginnings of his book, Leaves of Grass. It's in the few, first few pages. This is what you shall do. Love the earth and sun and animals. Despise riches. Give, give alms to everyone that asks. Stand up, to the stup- stand up for the stupid and crazy. Devote your income and labor to others. Hate tyrants. Are you not concerning God? Have patience and indulgence toward people. Take off your hat to nothing, known or unknown, or to any man or number of men. Go freely with powerful and uneducated persons, and with the young and with the mothers of families. Read these leaves in the open air of every season, of every year of your life. Re-examine all that you have been told at school or church or in any book, and dismiss whatever insults your own soul. In your very flesh shall be a great poem, and have the richest fluency, not only in its words, but the silent lines of its lips and face, and between the lashes of your eyes, and in every motion and joint of your body. Wise words from Uncle Walt. So, the question on the table. We talk about things being fake. We talk about the real world talk about not insulating ourselves from the real world so let me ask you this question what do you want to be when you grow up let me ask a different question same question because you've been asked that and you've ignored it what's the life you want to live Typically when we say things like, what do you want to be when you grow up? That's where people honestly are thinking about occupations and that's our sort of world. Jobs, how can you be useful to the world? What kind of job, how can you gonna make your income? How will you support your family? What are you going to do with the next 30, 40 something years of your life? Post school and you're just working and collecting a paycheck building up whatever life that you have before it runs out so the question is what what does that life look like for you and I mean this in like very specific terms people are like I just want to be happy how how do you become happy I just want you know a family what kind of family where do you want to live like what do you what do you want to see when you wake up in the morning what do you want to feel halfway through your day and what do you want to remember about that day whenever you lay down that night I 
Thoreau talked about most men leave lives of quiet desperation. And we do, most of us. We pay bills and we die. And that just doesn't seem like a very interesting life to me. Uh, and that's, you know, and if you're going into journalism, honestly, if you want to be in a professional communicator, being professional communication, you're storytellers. And what I have found is the best stories often require us to go looking for them. And so it requires us to go places other than our own hometown. It requires us to see more of the world than we get uh, the chance to see growing up. And that's one of the things that I've learned, or that I did learn, is that um, you grow up thinking life runs a certain way. It's just that it is a certain way, and you think people act a certain way, and you think that this is what normal looks like. And as it turns out, what you're really seeing is what normal looks like for you. Your values, the way people spend their day, the way the things that, you know, ex that interest people. And there's some commonalities to be sure. But you'll find out when you start hanging out with different cultures that... There's a lot of people that um, simply see and feel and experience the world differently. Some cultures are quieter than others. One of the things I've really learned, like Arkansas, it's very you can you can feel a lot of different cultures coming in there. Um, like I've told a lot of people that I, I never really under, understood Arkansas culture until I went to Scotland and Ireland. Um, because you see the culture that we have is inherited from their cultures. Uh, I also, you know, my wife's family is, they're all, you know, German, like they come from a German community. And you see their culture reflected, you know, in the cultures that they came from. And these are mostly uh, sort of quiet cultures you also see a lot of puritan uh history where you know lots lots more because you're in the bible belt and you see a lot of that sort of that those values and you start to believe that that's just what everybody does and thinks and then you go somewhere else and i like i'm down in south texas here just a couple hours from the, the mexican border so the the culture is what do you call Tex-Mex I guess uh, Texican it's um, it's everything people think Texas is and also everything everybody thinks Mexico is you know I've got it's. I watch millions of gallons of oil going in and out of ships every day this memorial statue to Selena is right behind me literally it's right behind me And it's a different kind of... The people are conservative, but it's a different version of conservative. It doesn't look anything like the conservative... It's much more of a libertarian, far less religious sort of conservatism here. And for them, that's normal. And so... 
what's normal here is not normal where I come from. And you go to Europe and you find out what's, you know, it's also kind of a bit of a louder culture. People are a little bit more in your face. Um, people will write, if you get Bluetooth speakers, like in Arkansas, people mostly will have like headphones on. Here, it's not uncommon for somebody to be riding a bicycle and have a little basket on the front with a Bluetooth speaker and just jamming out for everyone to hear. Um, dudes on Harleys playing Tejano music, which is, you know, completely different. It's all different, and it's all normal. And you got to just go somewhere else to see it. Which gets back to my original question. What do you want your life to look like? I've, I've met people who thought, like, with their hometown, like everything was the absolute best in their hometown. And they thought they had their, their school in their hometown, probably the best in the state. But they mostly thought that because they'd never been anywhere else. That's because they'd insulated themselves from the world. So here's what I am going to recommend to you. If you want to tell stories, if you want to see something a little more different, if you want to seek to understand get out of your hometown get out of your home state even if it's just for a trip vacation get past the tourist destinations and mingle with the locals hang out with the locals become a local stay longer than a weekend explore the world a little bit Seek out the interesting stories. Can you sail under the command of a pirate? Can you not? You don't listen to you. I don't think you ever. Really? This nation will rise up live out the true meaning of its creed. Words are things. We hold these truths to be, be self-evident that all men are people created out of their I kept coming back to it, just trying to figure out where in the world we had gone so wrong that it had ended up here. Well, I didn't think you had it in you. I'm your huckleberry. Why, Johnny Ringo, you look like somebody just walked over your grave. Fight's not with you, Holiday. I beg to differ, sir. We started a game we never got to finish. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? What we've got here is failure to communicate. Some man you just can't read. You keep using that word. I don't think it means what you think it means. 
You don't tell your pappy how to cut the electorate. We ain't one at a time in here. We're mass communicating. Oh, yeah. Are you not That's entertained? A new Ooh, Are you not entertained? Is that why you are here? And we're back with the Pirate Professor Podcast, live from the boat. Well, it's being recorded live, but you're not listening live, because I'm not live streaming. And that's kind of redundant. Uh, anyway, so, where was I? It's always easier to come in after that little thing, because it's like, well, I set it up that way, because it was like, ah, here I am, I'm awesome, ah, piratey, ah, um, uh, that was ridiculous that I just did that. That's okay, I don't care. I'm not here to impress anyone. I am here to teach. Uh, and sometimes teaching just takes a little bit different format. Um, one of the things that I think a good teacher, good professor, should always be asking themselves is what's the most important thing that I can teach right now? And and that may deviate from whatever's on the syllabus. And that may deviate from whatever is on the curriculum of the university or the department or whatever, the school. Uh, because it's my belief that if someone is a teacher, then they're a teacher. Uh, and it doesn't really necessarily mean that even if they're it's not their job title. Um, if they have something to, to teach people, then teach. Teach it. And sometimes it's hard. I'm be honest, I, I, the hardest people to teach are often the ones who, one, think they already know everything, and there's nothing that you can teach them. Um, there was years ago, I had a student who thought that her work was just it was video work was just absolute golden like she thought it was academy award winning video and it was absolute garbage like she thought she was being artistic and there's this thing where it's like yeah you it's you gotta learn to you, you gotta learn how to use the rules before you can learn to break the rules and we would go back and forth and back and forth and she would get grades, you know, bad grades and then she would, you know, get mad at me because she thought I was picking on her I'm like, no, I'm not picking on you but your work just kind of sucks and I'm not doing you any favors by telling you otherwise um, and so that that becomes a challenge uh, my wife's also a teacher, she teaches uh, middle school so she teaches with some of the most vicious creatures on the face of the earth and I'll be I, I am a firm believer the cruelest creature on the that walks this earth is a 13 year old girl and she had a run in with one of those this week but you know my wife is a veteran teacher and she just doesn't put up with it you know and she had a girl who's failing her class and and she teaches in a pretty tough school district and um, she's like hey I need you to I need you to do this assignment because if you don't do this assignment, get that you're going to fail this nine weeks. And the girl looked at her and says, "No, because I don't like you. 
I'm not going to do it. So let's think about that logic for a second, shall we? You may immediately think, uh, of course, that's ridiculous. Um, she's not hurting anybody but herself because obviously it's not affecting the teacher. It's affecting the student. And, uh, but for her to defy authority in that moment is a greater holds greater value to her than pushing her propelling her own self forward we go back to that question of what life you want to lead one of the things that you really need to get in your head and I mean this sincerely get it in your head everything that you do from this point on will have ripple effects through the rest of your life the 75 year old version of you is at the mercy of the 20 year old version of you because you and you want to do the older version of yourself a favor and uh, try to set them up for success not just about right now it's about down the road so think about playing the long game and what you do all right we're gonna jump over and we're actually going to talk about planning so we can talk about planning life we can talk about what specifically we're going to talk about planning communication you guys are neck deep into working a social media plan that you may or may not feel equipped to do you may be hitting some points right now where you're like I don't know what I'm doing and that's actually a really good place to be um, and this is kind of why you know I make you do a thing before you really know how to do it is because you don't know what questions you don't have yet and so it takes getting in there and getting your feet wet and trying to do something and seeing that things are maybe not work or maybe you maybe you feel like you're killing it but then you realize that your standards of what killing it is aren't adequate. Um, maybe you feel like, oh wow, this is actually harder than I thought it would be. You know, it's easy to say I'm going to be an influencer. It's much harder to get 100,000 followers, right? Um, so how do we plan these things? How do we how do we do these things? And again, the, a lot of these things sort of would, I would say. You can take lessons and correlate them into other parts of life and business. Um, so, chapter eight, planning communication, looking at the PowerPoint, gonna get started. It's a short chapter as far as that one's concerned. And then you guys are gonna have your second exam. And that's gonna be exciting. Aren't you excited about a second exam? I thought you'd be excited about a second exam. So it's coming up. All right, so integrated marketing communication, IMC. Integrating both traditional marketing and public relations to persuade, remind, or otherwise influence attitudes toward a brand and consumer behavior. So remember what I was talking about last time where it was like, you know, we uh, really start thinking about your communications in the ecosystem. Think about it as something larger. And that's kind of where we are now. So we're thinking about integrating both traditional and marketing, traditional marketing and public relations. So we're, we're thinking about old forms of media moving it in with you know actual like commercials versus the way we talk about things and the way that we approach these sort of things 
Um, and these sort of influence attitudes toward brand and consumer behavior. We're using all the tools in the toolbox to try to bring people down to this. All right, so then we've got a promotional mix, mixing advertising, PR, sales, promotion, and personal selling. We're doing everything. You've got personal selling, which is a actual physical salesperson making phone calls and talking to people and being in real life. You've got sales promotion. You're running ads. You're running deals. You're trying to get people out there. You've got public relations. You've got a Harley Davidson going down the road, and you're mixing. So you're mixing all of these things minus the Harley Davidson, and uh, going and doing your thing. Situational analysis. A situational analysis is a comprehensive review of the current issues facing a brand. This information is used to help develop campaign content. This is where you really are. So when we talk about situational analysis, this is the point that you really need to be bluntly honest with yourself. And it doesn't matter if you're talking about your brand, your social media, and trying to figure out how do I get more likes, or if this is actually you talking about your business and sometimes this is like where where are you when you're talking to a client we need to figure out exactly where they are as a business like what are the things that are, they're really facing and these are the things that people very often like to sugarcoat like oh it's okay it's not and, and you don't you don't peel back the tough layers and when you do a good situational analysis, you're, you're not sugarcoating this stuff for yourself. You, you're very honest about the things that you are being doing well. And you're also being very honest about the things that aren't going so well. And so you want to um, just be honest. Honest. Like This is the one place. Don't be fake. Um... And you should be able to answer but three things. Like, what's the current strategy? Is there a current strategy, or is this something just pretending to be a strategy? Um, how do consumers think and then talk about the brand? Now, this is the way they actually talk about the brand, not the way you want to think they talk about the brand, and that's very important. Very often, you know, brands and business owners are like, this is what, you know, this is what they want people to think about them is what they believe to be reality, whether it is or not. Does that make sense? Like somebody, you know, a business owner may like, these are the things that everyone thinks about us. You know, that's the things that you believe or that that person believes they think about them. But that might not actually be the truth. They may be successful, but they may be successful for other reasons or they may be failing, but they're failing for other reasons. So think about and really pay attention to the way consumers talk about the brand. And also... Do consumer attitudes differ by the target market? So, do, are different demographics, are they different? I mean, do the way different audiences, do they relate differently to the brand? So, does a, you know, a younger audience from, you know, southern U.S., do they relate the same way to the brand as um, an older audience, you know, in the Midwest? I don't know. Males versus females, whatever. Whatever group or subgroup you want to get into, are they relating the same way? Four, are, tar are the target markets distinct enough for different messaging? Uh, this is where they get into politics all the time, is they will, politicians, 
they will subdivise their audiences and put messages out there that may be completely contradictory just depending on who they're trying to get reach you know they're saying things they're trying to tell people what those people want to hear um and this is one of the other things is you have to figure out if your audience is big enough and wide enough that you need to break up your messaging in different forms and this could be like messaging on facebook versus messaging on tiktok should those be the same thing or should they be differently you know done different i don't know you tell me um and by the way, one of the things while I'm thinking about Facebook versus TikTok, don't get hung up on whatever the thing is right now is going to be the biggest, grandest thing forever. You know, five years ago, I was hearing everybody like, you know, Facebook's dead. It's all about Pinterest. And I don't really ever hear anybody talk about Pinterest. I mean, it's there. Um, but I certainly don't hear people talking about it like they used to. Uh, so those are the current media vehicles. What what are the ways the media... What is the the medium that you're using, the channels that you're using to get your content out there. And are you are you really using them correctly? And also, when you think about those, like how are these different vehicles contributing to your actual goals? Remember, you have, for this plan, you have predefined goals. And let's say so we're talking about social media you have a company that you're representing or a brand you're representing and your favorite social media let's just say your favorite social media uh, platform is TikTok because that's you know what's currently popular you know that's yours and so you really want to put all your money in TikTok because you like it the most but then when you look at the analytics it turns out TikTok's not really helping you that much and you're getting a lot more you know, sway from Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or any of the other ones. You know, this is where you have to sort of, going back to what I say, be bluntly honest with yourself. Am I using the right channels and using the right messaging? Is Are they actually helping us? And this is where analytics will always come into play. All right, so all of this we're talking about is integrated marketing, right? You're using PR, you're using traditional media, you're using social media, you're using all, all the tools in the toolbox. So... Four steps. You're going to conduct your situational analysis, what we just talked about. You're going to set objectives. This is what your goals are. Remember when we're talking about, and I've had people ask me, like, what exactly should I be putting in my reports now? You set goals, right? Remember when you put this plan together, and I said make very specific plans and specific benchmarks? These are the things we're talking about. So for integrated marketing, you did your situational analysis, you set your objectives, you segment and target the market, so you, you set your objectives and you break up your market and your demographics and how you're gonna to try to reach each one, and then you evaluate the strategy, and then you never stop evaluating the strategy. What's working, what's not working, how do we move forward? And the, the great thing um, about digital media is that you can do that in real time. You don't have to wait for someone to generate a report. You can log on to bunch of different analytic options you know from Google to um, well most of the if you're doing commercial stuff on any of the social media platforms they will give you some level of, of um, information as far as uh, what's working what's not working steps five six seven and eight determine the budget how much money do, how much money does your client have to spend and this is again 
you can't do everything um, you know mom and shop you know a little boutique boutique how do you pronounce that a little clothing store you know that's you know it's cute but it's, it's not a fortune 500 they're, they're not going to be able to drop 10 grand a month on or a week on advertising and at marketing um, I sat next to a plane one time by a guy who owned I don't know three or four car dealerships new car dealerships different it was in a different state that guy was spending over a million dollars a month in advertising a million dollars a month in advertising uh, so his budget is going to be a lot different than you know somebody who's selling you know a farmer you know doing something for a farmer's market um, outline potential marketing strategies integrate with the current strategy and then select the media again you're the expert here you should be able to figure out what's going to work and what's not going to work. Steps 9, 10, 11. Test online advertising execution. Remember, you can do this stuff in real time. Execute. Uh, get it done. Start putting the thing in motion. And then, again, I keep saying this, evaluate your campaign. Start checking your analytics. Then your organizational objectives. Broad goals, typically focused on, focused on an overarching philosophy of the organization. Broad goals are your like 30,000 foot goals. These are the things, these aren't in the specifics, but these are sort of your larger, all of these other things add up to accomplish this one big thing, or these big things. So these are, these are your organizational objectives. Your campaign objectives are specific objectives that this media campaign chooses to pursue Objectives may include things like measurable increases in brand awareness. How many people actually know this farmer's market exists, right? How many, you know, how many, like, if there is a farmer's market, how many people know about it? How many know where to buy food? How, you know, what do they need to do? Do they take, you know, whatever it is. And then you build up trust. Oh, is this a place that I can actually go to get good food? And they're actually going to be open and I, I can depend on them. And old Farmer Brown, he's, you know, got good tomatoes or whatever it happens to be. And then, you know, eventually you work to build up something resembling loyalty. Uh, we can call it brand loyalty. So you, people, you know, you want brand awareness, you want to establish trust, and you want to establish the loyalty of those people so they can come back. Um, you know, I would say probably Chick-fil-A's done a really good job of these. Um, Everyone knows Chick-fil-A. They know what they're known for. Uh, whether it's, you know, you know, they know them for a chicken sandwich. They don't know, and the rest is kind of fluff. And they know them for their, you know, service at their drive-thru. And because of that, um, and their value system that a lot of people like, uh, they, they generate trust because they have a consistent product no matter where you go. And they spend a lot of time and effort making sure they give you a consistent product. And they try to generate loyalty. And Chick-fil-A, you know, people are crazy loyal. And so which brings us to key performance indicators. Remember our benchmark goals that you guys are setting up? How These are the things that you set that establish how well this thing is working. Whether we're talking about your farmer's market. Um, you know, are you generating more sales? How do you know you're generating more sales? What are you doing to measure those things? You know, you're, you're not going to say, okay, well, Farmer Brown, he made, 
$100 last week at the farmer's market. You know, we're going to make sure he makes $10,000 this week. Probably not going to work that way. So you want to make some kind of gradual increase. So your performance goals are like, all right, maybe he doesn't make more sales, but maybe more people stop by. Um, we generate more clicks on, you know, we post pictures of his tomatoes or whatever he's got or she's got. These are key performance indicators. What are your key performance indicators for your particular campaigns? And then a cross-platform strategy. This is, again, kind of going back to the integrated marketing. You're using... By the way, those are called laughing goals. Those are seagulls, but they're laugh called, specifically called laughing goals. So if you hear them, you probably figure out why. Um, Cross-platform strategy, using multiple forms of media to, to, to distribute a, a message. The message may differ between platforms while maintaining a common theme. Within social media, these differences will, be, will, will vary based on the demographics and strength of competing social networks. In a nutshell, that means your TikTok stuff should look different than your Facebook stuff which should look different than your Twitter stuff which should look different than you know whatever it is that you're doing everything's gonna everything needs to be modified to fit the platform it's going to be pushed on and and if you look on those platforms and you do some research you'll find that there will be a lot of different things that they're going, hey, if you want, op you know, these are the things that the platform will reward. Like, um, you know, like on Facebook, like if you post a YouTube link on Facebook, they will penalize you. Like they want you to use their, vi their, their, their video player. So if you've uploaded a video to YouTube and then you try to post it on Facebook, then they're not going to like that and so they're not going to show your stuff to as many people but if you use your own video or their video player they're going to show it to more people make sense it made sense to that seagull and we're almost done content development content must be created to capitalize on the strength of particular networks and its primary users this is what i was just talking about um like one of the other things like some like if you do images uh, at least, yeah, just different formats. Uh, and what you'll find is the different platforms typically want to highlight different kinds of things. And that is constantly changing. They want the format of those things to look a certain way. Um, if you're doing video, you can export using Adobe Premiere. You can export specifically based on the preferred versions uh, formats of, for those things. You know, if you're producing something that's primarily going to be viewed on a on a phone, then like on Instagram, then you want to make sure that your margins, you know, match that platform. And again, like I'm saying, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, whatever it is, should not those things should not look like. They can be different versions of the same thing, but they shouldn't be the same thing. And then finally, I've mentioned this before, you've got social content management systems. And these are things like, um, the software, it's called like Hootsuite, TweetDeck, Sprout Social. And these allow you to make posts uh, on multiple platforms from one single console. So you can log on to your account on, like I used to use um, Sprout Social a lot because it had really, really good analytics. And uh, so I could load everything in there and 
and it would be you know and then I could schedule it so like I would typically schedule things a week or a month out in advance and you know there's always stuff that's going to be kind of done more in real time but most of it at least a week in advance sometimes usually two um, you get everything set up and then your job isn't about creating content it's about monitoring that content and seeing what's working and then you can the good thing with these particular platforms is they allow you to compare like one to the other how they're well they're doing and push out reports that you can then share with your client because when they're wanting to know hey um, how are we doing and I can like hey we got your message out to 200,000 people and you got this many clicks and this many views and this many and they like hearing that kind of stuff so you know super helpful and that I feel like I'm getting swarmed all of a sudden by seagulls. Ah, oh, it's because there's a sailboat going by called Margaritaville. Alright. Do you feel like you understand this maybe a little bit better now? Uh, and again, going back to while I'm out here listening to all this, I'm like, you know, normally when you record something like this, you try to find the quietest place possible so you don't hear a flock of seagulls swarming your boat while you're out there. You don't hear the sound of a Harley going. Because um, you try to eliminate distractions, but that's not always reality. And so today, I'm trying to bring you a little bit more of reality. And also, to be honest, let me go back, and I'm just going to, I'm going to wax philosophical just a little bit longer. Going back to what I said earlier, asking that question of, um, what kind of life do you want to lead? Like, what do you want your life to look like? A lot of these things that I just talked about, like setting benchmarks, setting goals, tracking how well you're doing, you can use that same sort of advice on, you know, doing life. Like, what's working? You know, when I talk about situational analysis, like, what's working and what's not working? And, uh, Yeah. Pay attention. Pay attention. And live a good life. Live a very, very good life. Alright, I'm going to cut you out of here. And I will catch you the next time. And as always, if you have any questions and thoughts, comments, complaints, clever anecdotes, or interpretive dance. Shoot me an email, message me, find me on Instagram, Facebook, whatever. I don't I don't really care. You've got my you've got a copy of the syllabus, so you can just text me. Cause I make myself available for you guys. Alright. Catch you next time.
my life Take me back. 